right? It is Monday morning and a happy Monday morning out there to everybody, which means you know what time it is. It's time to leap into the week. Um, we got Patrick Fingles back to talk about a topic that I've been looking forward to talking about him since week one, everybody. Patrick, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. Happy, happy yeah. Monday. Happy Monday morning to you. Folks, if it's your first time joining us, I encourage you to go back and look at the first couple episodes. We were talking about the KPIs, the metrics, the numbers in episode number two. And then if you go back to episode number one, how to hire and retain the right talent for your contracting business, we're going to bring you knowledge, insight, and perspective here very quickly on this Monday morning with Leap Into the Week. We're just going to turn off that week into brain, turn on the brain that's going to get your business profitable and in the right place. And today, I want to talk to my new entrepreneurs out there. I have some great questions for Patrick about how do you start from scratch? A lot of you out there are in some part of your business, you're starting it from scratch. It's a new product, a new service that you're offering. You're a brand new business. It could be a lot of different things here, okay? We're going to hear from one of the experts himself right now. Patrick, I hope you got some great stuff for everybody. You've really brought the heat the last couple of weeks, so looking forward to this yep. one, brother. Man, awesome, man. I'm excited about it. I, I, I had these questions specifically for you, so I'm so happy I can have you on for this one. It's a very generic question, but one I always think can bring some value here. The first question I have for you, new entrepreneur out there, brother. This is mm -hmm. a guy who's just got the ladder. He's just getting started. He said, I'm going to be a roofer, contractor, restoration specialist, landscaper. He's starting his journey. What does Patrick Fingles have to say to this guy? What do you want him to know about that journey that's in front of him? All right. So this 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 does happen two different ways. So right. I'm presuming that this is maybe you know a younger person. They're not. They haven't already managed a big successful business, and now they have you know a, a lot a big bankroll to work with. They're not private equity backed, and this is somebody that's taken their whole life. And this is day one for them. They're going to build and scale their new business. That's my vantage point of this, right? Mm -hmm. So when you, you have to do it yourself. I'm sorry. You have to do it yourself. That doesn't mean you can't hire anybody. But you have to set patterns and tones and discipline. The most powerful teachers in the world are the, people, the teachers that have the experience. You don't have to be great at it. But you have to be good enough to show what's possible and set a benchmark to beat. Think about like football coaches and stuff like vast majority of them were players at some point in time. So you're starting a company. Where are you getting your leads from? You're doing marketing or something like that. Like I'm going to go hire a marketing firm. Okay, great. I'm going to hire that marketing firm. Like I am going to work really close with that marketing firm to understand marketing. I'm going to listen to podcasts. I'm going to read about it. Like I'm going to try to become not the authority. But uh, enough so that when I hire somebody to do my marketing, I know how to hold them accountable. I can tell them what's possible. Let's say we're canvassing. Like that's how a lot of these businesses start. It's free. It's cheap. I can do it myself. You can't just go hire three kids and send them out to the neighborhood in your Honda minivan or whatever. You got to go out there and do it yourself. You know, when I started New Look, I would go out. This is not a lie. I would knock on the doors. And I even used to like wear my hat and like I tried to look different. And then I would come back like the next day when I set the appointment in like a shirt and tie and suit. And like hopefully they wouldn't recognize me because I wanted the company to be bigger than that. I didn't want it to be like one guy knocking on your door, then coming back and trying to sell you the next day. But it's like, you know, it's I think there's 
business runs really well when it's got discipline and habits in place. We talked about habits last week. Mm -hmm. How do you establish the benchmark for those habits if you don't know how to do them? So you kind of have to do it yourself. And then you say, okay, what's the habit that takes the most of my time? What's the thing that I have to do that if I could do it faster or more of it would help us grow the fastest? That's the first position I'm going to hire. And I'm going to stay right next to that person until I can hand the baton. Yes. Here's and sometimes I... they fail you. And then you got to come back and you got to get back in there. So maybe I'm knocking on doors. First thing I'm going to do is I'm going to get my nephew. He's going to start knocking on doors with me. Once he can get enough leads to get me in the house, now I can run the leads and do the project management. Now what I want to take off my plate next. I'm a higher salesperson or I'm a higher project manager. But I'm staying side by side with them. And you you train the trainers. You know, and that's what you do, and that's how you scale. You know, I, I think about the granularly down to the guy. You know, if you're just starting out, do you really believe you're good at what you do? You believe in yourself. I think some people out there, they think they're an entrepreneur because they think, you know, they listen to some Gary Vee and that's what they're supposed to do. But maybe sometimes it's good to take that internal check of yourself and go, do I believe in myself? Like a hundred, do I really believe I'm the man for this job? Um, you know, I, I think they get on this journey, man, and maybe the, the inside, they don't even believe it themselves sometimes. Um, and they're, they're trying to motivate or trying to, to get people in their company to do something or hire someone. And yet I wonder some of these guys, if they even really believe they're the best of what they do or that they are the, they deserve the position in which they're at, man. I've struggled mm -hmm. with that in the beginning. I only say that from an experience level. Yeah, yeah, and that's why I said you don't have to be the you don't have to be the best. Mm. You know, Trent Dilfer. You know, I don't know if you guys know who he is, man, but he was our quarterback when the Ravens won. <laughs> the, Ravens. We're the only quarterback to ever get fired the year after Super Bowl, God and he's God. like coaching and like he's on Fox News and stuff now because he can talk it, you know. But he was he does know the game. I mean, he was able to make it. He's got a Super Bowl ring, right? Yep. Um, so I, you know, I mean, I think I agree with that. I, I think. You know, man, people always say stupid stuff like uh, people would tell me like, oh, man, I'm afraid of heights. You're afraid of heights until your kid's falling off the roof. Then your ass to go right up there. You know, if you're any type of human being. So it's like, you know, you have to you have to acknowledge what you don't want to. And that's fine. I don't want to like heights. So I just I don't want to get myself to like it. But yes, I do understand that I can overcome that fear and I can walk across the ridge of a roof. No problem. Like with some training and small steps, I just, I have no desire to do it. So I think for business owners, when you're starting your business and you're starting it small, you have to determine super fast. Hey, you're capable of doing anything. You really are. When it comes to this industry, maybe you're not capable of putting the product in or installing it or something like that. Uh, but you're capable of hiring, managing, you know what success looks like. Like you're capable of determining, hey, this was done right, right? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, I'm going to get somebody out here to inspect it to make sure it was done right. Like it's that's not the difference between success and failure. The difference between success and failure is, you know, I'm, I'm not really good at marketing. So I'm going to hire somebody, you know, my, my sister's going to do the marketing and, uh, you know, then there's just a big family fight because you're not getting enough leads or something like that. And, you know, I'm not really good at it. So, you know, I just, I don't think you have that luxury when you're starting a business. You gotta, you better, you better get good at it. Um, and, you know, you, you use all your resources. Absolutely. Now, you've been able now to acquire, start, run, 
grow successful businesses, Patrick, but I can't imagine it's always been that way. Okay. So I want you to take me back if you could and take our audience back to maybe the first couple of years, maybe a mistake that you made and you, something you overlooked that, Hey, you know, looking back on it, I wish I wouldn't have overlooked this aspect of the business. Can you, can you give us some insight there? Yeah. This is, listen, man, here's the, this is next. This is for everybody. I don't care if you're the biggest company in the world, the most experienced executive, or you're just starting out. I use these things. They're called operating states. Operating states are like the state of a function. It doesn't necessarily mean the whole business is in this state. Maybe sales is in one operating state. Maybe production's in another operating state, but I'm going to rattle them off really quick. I don't expect you guys to remember them, but it's formulation, concentration, momentum, stability, and crisis. Those are the five business operating states, a unit, anything. Formulation. I'm forming something new. It's a new idea. Hey, we're thinking about this company. You know, I've, my brother came over. We sat at the table with my wife. Like, we're all in on it. We're going to go get a hammer. Line. Here's what we're going to sell. Here's what we're going to do. We're forming everything. That's the best operating state to be in because it's fun. There's no failure in it because you're just coming up with ideas. You're forming. Then you go into concentration. Concentration is when you start to put the plan to work. When the plan starts, you start to see some results. Like, hey, the plan is working. That's momentum. You start to feel a little momentum. So you're in the momentum state. You're not out of the water yet, but we're seeing some real good signals. Stability is when results are known. I am Coca-Cola, man. They're going to buy this soft drink. It don't make a difference. And if somebody else tries to beat us, we're just going to buy that company. So we're sitting high on the hog. And crisis is when everything stops working. What do you think the hardest operating state is? Formulation. No, just in general, across all businesses, formulation, concentration, momentum, stability, or crisis, which is the hardest one? I'm going to go stability. Stability is the easiest one. (laughs) The hardest one is concentration. And let me tell you, and you're going to to understand this. Building the momentum is what you're saying right here. Yeah. So what you do is you form a plan. It seems good. You go to execute it. And guess what doesn't happen? No momentum. It doesn't work. Yeah, you don't have any work. So when your plan doesn't work, what do you do? Change. Yeah, number one problem. People don't as soon as change. your plan doesn't work, you change. When you go into crisis mode, so like you were in stability for years, the plan was working, we were killing it. It stopped working. What do we do? We go back to formulation. And that's the problem. You don't go back to concentration. Coke doesn't change the damn recipe. Matter of fact, they tried to do it one time and it was an uproar. I don't know if there's a lot of young people on this thing, but Mm -hmm. they came out with new Coke and I mean, they almost burned the building down. So what I'm saying to you is the number one thing that I did wrong is too much change. And so what every time something wasn't working, I changed it instead of doing the hard work it took to make it work. There's all these sayings. There's no bad plan. There's only poor execution indecision will cost you more than a wrong decision. Colin Powell, right? Like there's these sayings, there's memes out yet there, but yet you put a plan together. Hey, I'm going to hire these guys. They're going to start knocking on doors. We're going to build this canvassing team. We think we can generate a million dollars from it. Okay, great. Well, we can't hire the kids. Nobody wants to do it. The comp's wrong. We got to change it. Bullshit. Concentration. The definition of it is you're doing 10 things and none of them are working. 
You continue to do those 10 things, then one starts to work, then two starts to work, then three starts to work, then four starts to work. Once you have like four or five, only half the shit's working, that's when momentum, and momentum, it becomes easier. You're like, man, it's working. It's working. And even if it starts to break, at least you start to see some success. So you double down on it. You don't do that enough. So the number one regret I have is, man, we, we change is good. Change is not good. Change is bad. If you could just continue to grow and scale your business without ever changing anything, wouldn't you take that option? Change is not good. It's necessary. So when you, every change you make in your business, if you go back to, is this necessary? Can the business continue to function at the same rate, at the same place without this? And you challenge that question, is this change necessary? Completely necessary. You'll make a lot less changes and then you'll just focus on your plan. So long answer, sorry, I'm full of them. But that, that is my biggest, that is, that is the biggest area of weakness for me is we just, you just change. You change the comp, you change the quota, you change the KPI, you change the strategy, you change the product, you know, you change the name of the company, whatever. Oh, we shouldn't have named it this too competitive. Like whatever your challenge is, I'm not telling you to stay complacent. I'm telling you that you got to exhaust that plan to the full breath. Cause nine times out of 10, it ain't the plan. It's the execution. And it's easier to look in the mirror and say, we're not doing it right. We're not working hard enough. We're not training hard enough. It's much easier to say, you know what? We should change the plan. Especially when you're an executive or a leader. Leaders love to change plans. They love so, to change plans because they don't want to have to dig into the habits. You, you, you got question three and four, and I'm going to switch up question five because, frankly, now Sorry. I just want to know. Okay, so here's my thing, though. I got to think that there's some contractors out there that are like me in some way, where when, when stability starts to happen, I get uncomfortable. Um when I hit that stability stage, Patrick, I'm like, okay, this, I, there, where's the anxiety? Where's the stress? I don't feel it right now. And so I, maybe I begin to change things that I shouldn't change because I'm like, I'm not, there's, I, I don't feel the concentration momentum right now. I mm-hmm. feel stability and I start changing things that maybe shouldn't be. And we're always talking around here, like, okay, maybe we should try this idea. Do we need to do this? Do you think maybe contractors can fall into that? Like, hey, you're doing, you're you're there, you're in that stability stage. Why are you screwing with it right now? Um, or that balance between also wanting to change and stay ahead of your competition, but still stay in stability. That's why I kind of yeah. said for me, maybe personally, I was saying stability was maybe a tough thing on me mentally. Yeah. So here's the thing. There's a book. It's called Atomic Habits. It's like my new favorite. Because that's businesses are riddled with that. Now I learned these disciplines, these cons, these operating states from a leadership coach that I I've used for years. This book comes out, it's atomic habits and I read it and it says the same thing. It's not, there's a difference between evolving and, you know, going into formulation in a different area. Like, Hey, we're in stability. Results are known. Results are predictable. Our sales guys are all hitting quota. Our project managers are awesome. Our Google reviews are great. We're killing this roofing product. What else can we do? We're going to go over here and we're going to bring in solar. We're going to cross-change, cross-train all our guys on it. We're going to blah, 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 blah. You can do one without disturbing the other. And that's what atomic, the book's Atomic Habits. And the whole point of it is like when something's working, Don't change that thing that's working 
layer something on top of it without disrupting the people that are making that work. Because that's what that that's the part that's hard to do. So it's like, hey, we're going to start a solar division, but we're going to cross train this, cross train that. Now we got to change the condition structure because we think that half of your and then it's like, boom. Well, we're not selling the solar and blah 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 blah. So you just you need it's, a, it's atomic habits. It means not like good habits, not great habits, like atomic. Like if that thing is working, you lock it in. It ain't broke. Don't fix it. Don't change it. Not the same is don't innovate and experiment and try new things. Just don't do them with your core business function. And I did that. I've made that mistake time and time and time again. So, and it just becomes repetitive. It's just change, 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 you know, layer it in. Yeah. I'm thinking about that guy who's got a great sales rep on the roofing side and they're, they're starting a solar division. They take the sales rep and they go, well, let me move this great guy over here to my solar side. And now he can, he can do both because he's great at selling both, you know, but you're taking away from the strength right there that you have creating a problem that you otherwise wouldn't have had. Um, I think that's what you mean by, by, by not, by not, not fixing what isn't broke. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, that's some power. Don't take right something there. that's instability and put it back in formulation. Just take something new and go form that. Right. Um, a new business arm, a new business entity, something new. And then once you get them both into a stable environment, then you can understand, OK, well, maybe this isn't the most cost neutral way to do this. How can we integrate these two stable things? So, you know, you just, you know, you just don't poke the bear, you know, I mean, it's just it's, it's working. Keep it working. So, uh, like I said, and that, that's not advice. I mean, you, the question was, is if I could go back in time, you know, we I did a lot of things right that I self-destroyed. You know, and, and I, you know, I climbed back from those things, you know, and I climbed back from them. But, you know, it, it took away from growth and momentum and it became, you know, 10 steps forward, three steps back, five steps forward, one step back. Like, you know, and, 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 and you know, I, I think with this atomic habits, you kind of get out of that. So great book. That's a great book. Folks, I'm telling you, you need to go back and you need to watch this episode. Take some notes like I did right here. Um formulation, concentration, stability, crisis. Where are you at right now in your business? It, what, a, what a great thing you could do. And then Patrick, if I'm reading you right, take each department is what you're looking at. You could have departments in your business that are at different phases right now. And mm -hmm. how, how good it would be to get in right now on your Monday morning and decide folks, where are your departments at? And, and then formulate your plan from there and how you're going to approach this thing. Because yes. formulation, concentration, stability, and crisis and I love what you said right there. Change is not good. It's necessary. Change yeah. is not good. It's necessary, everybody. So don't go fixing something that doesn't need to be fixed. Yeah. Um, if you're adding something new and not changing anything, then you're not changing. Hence, there is no change. And I, I would ask people to take this test. Go through your functions. Maybe it's production. Maybe it's accounting. Maybe it's HR, sales, marketing. If you, if you have change happening in those functions right now, change amongst the personnel and employee, then you cannot be in momentum or stability. So that means that you're in crisis formulation, crisis or formulation. You're not in concentration because concentration, you already have the plan. And sometimes, look, man, you do have to go back. Like we built the plan. It's bad. Like we got to change it. We got to go back to formulation. Then you have to do that. But when you understand and you know consciously that you didn't intend to do that, you didn't want to do it, you're not doing it willy-nilly, 
then you know, you'll just be more thoughtful and mindful of it. So if you give your business an assessment of that, you might be like, man, production is running great. We're not changing anything. It's totally instability. Marketing's terrible. I mean, it's in crisis, you know, or somewhere between crisis and formulation and trying to figure out what the hell to do and not staying true to anything. And we're calling it testing and we keep switching everything up. And, you know, so you got to get in your rhythms. Folks, this is exactly why you want to work with Leap as a CRM. This is the guy behind it all at the very top right here. If he's thinking about the success that you have with your business from this level, imagine what you're going to get down here at this level right now when you're working with uh, when you're working with Leap. Head over to Leap to Digital, everybody. Um, get a get a webinar right there. They're walking through everything that that product can do to organize you to make you a better contractor. Stop using a CRM that's built for I don't know for I don't know. What are we going to talk about for, for selling something on some on some store, some online store? You want to use something that's built by contractors for contractors and head over to Leap to Digital to make it happen. Patrick, thanks so much for week three right here, brother. Uh, good morning to you and good morning, everybody. We'll see everybody next week then.